and think about it. I'm going to try to just put the verses up there. But here's where we're starting. Am I working tonight? Is this working? No? You're going to mess me up again, Brother Wayne? Come on now. Testing. I am working. All right. Uh, as you see, Romans 1, 20 through 23, but we're looking at uh, Romans 1, 24, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they were without excuse. That's where we, we ended last time. And uh, we're just taking verse by verse. We're just going to go through a few verses tonight, very few, but it's a, it's, there's a lot in them. And uh, we're going to take a little bit more time with these, these verses because this is kind of the state of our society right now. Uh, this is, this, these are very, very important verses, kind of the direction of, of where our society is going. And so uh, we're just going to begin there. Verse 20, kind of, I'll always go back a verse just to kind of see where we, we're coming from. It says, again, verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We, what this, this verse, again, as we go back and talk about last week, we're reminded that mankind's problem has never been knowing the truth. You know, we, we feel like, you know, the whole world, so much of the world's never heard, so they're in ignorance, and they've never heard the gospel, they've never heard the truth. But God says, no, I've shown everybody truth. I've everybody truth. It's, it's not the knowing of truth or being delivered some truth uh, rather, the problem is their determination to reject God. Uh, that's what it really comes down to. We, mankind has rejected God. Uh, whether they're in America and grew up in church and heard the word of God from the time they were little and, and turned their back on God, or if they're in uh, some village in Africa, and, uh, uh, or as we uh, talked to a, a man the other day going to Papa. New Guinea and, and some of the villages they're trying to get to and trying to make a roadway into the villages. There's still, they're still cannibalism uh, in some of those villages. How do you get to that point of cannibalism? How do you get to that darkness? We're gonna, that's what we're talking about tonight. And am I still on? Can you all hear me? Something doesn't sound right. And I don't know if it's the monitors or Marco. <laughs> Marco, <laughs> testing, testing, testing. Something's not working. I don't know. All right, here we go. Uh, hopefully this one will work until I get this one working. Can you do that? That one was working. You just can't get good help these days. All right. Cut, cut your salary, <laughs> cut your salary, yeah. Uh, that means you cut a zero and a half, it becomes a bowl. Uh, <laughs> now, we're reminded that mankind's problem has never been knowing the truth, though. They, they, they have chosen darkness. They have chosen to reject God. And uh, so the problem is their determination to reject God and his word. Psalm 19, uh, verses 1 through 4 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. You walk outside tonight, you look up to the heavens, and God said he put that up there to declare his glory. Amen. 
It says day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. So it's not just the nighttime stars. God says that even in the daytime, the, the sun and the sky and the clouds and all that God created, he said, can you not see this magnificent creation? You know, if you ever really get out, if you like getting out into God's creation, if you like the mountains and the oceans and you like the streams and if you like to get out there, which I do, I love to get out there. Uh, to me, I, that always is so much more beautiful than any city yes. man can create. Did you get that, Joe? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, that's because she always wants to go into a city. And I'm always wanting to go out into the woods. Okay? So, but God created the woods. So... Day unto day, thunder speech, and night unto night, showeth knowledge. There's no speech nor language. Look at this now. This, this you know what this is? Is Bible. Amen. You know what it is? It's the Word of God. And watch what it says: it says there's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. What about those that never heard? Oh, let's see. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. He says it's, it's all over. Everywhere, every speech, every language, God said, I wrote it, I put it out there, I created it, I speak to everybody everywhere. Well, then how come some people are in such darkness? That's where we're going. Verse 21. Verse 21. I love not having the clicker. Here we go. Verse 21 says this. Because that when they knew God, it got dark. <laughs> Thank you. Is it hard to see? You messing with me, man. All right. They, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. That was a great illustration there. In just a moment early, but that was a great illustration. Now, this verse illustrates the decline of every life, every society. Since we just saw in verse 20 in Psalm 19 that there's no one that has any excuse. Everyone knows there's a God. So my contention is there's really no such thing as an atheist. And I, I just, I believe, even when, you know, they say it, they deny God, they say they deny God, uh, but that's really what it is. They deny God. They refuse to submit to a God. Now, why do they get to the point, or why do they say, they're really God rejectors, but why do they get to the, say, the point that they don't believe in God? Well, wait a minute. This is the thing. I, I really don't understand agnostics. You know, okay, I believe there's a God, you know, he's just not involved in our lives, that kind of thing, you know. But I really, you know, the, the atheists I can completely understand. If I'm going to turn my back on everything God thinks is holy and good, if I'm going to go against everything that God wants, look, I better just believe there's no God. That's right. 
Because otherwise, I live in fear and torment every yeah. day of my life. That's right. Because if I believe there's a God, even a little bit, I've got to acknowledge the fact I'm going to be judged. That's exactly right. And they don't want to acknowledge that fact. They don't want to accept that fact. I used to uh, tell sailors, they would say, well, you know, I'm an atheist, man. I said, no, you're not. You're a coward. Thank you. Because really, that's what it is. It's a coward. You're afraid to admit there's a God because watch. If you admit there's a God, you've got to admit you're wrong and you're on your way to hell. And you're afraid to do that. The atheist must be an atheist. Uh, must be an atheist for to admit there is any God would admit their, their error and their future judgment. So fear and rebellion are the real powers behind atheism. They know that there is a God, but they choose to reject God completely. So the first step of this rejection is a refusal to glorify or esteem or magnify God as God. And that's what the scripture is telling us uh, when we read it, because that when they knew God, God says, see, God's taking us from the absolute premise. He's just saying some, you know, people, when you don't really read through this or read Psalm 19, God, you, you look at it and say, well, this is talking, man, this is talking about people that got saved or they, they knew God and they follow. No, God says everybody knows me. Right. And we're not, not knowing for salvation, but they know who he is. They know there's an eternal God. And he says, okay, I've written it to everybody. Everybody, nobody has an excuse. And they know me, but look what it says now. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God. They're not going to say who God is. They're not going to admit and glorify and magnify God for who he is. So this is the first step of this rejection. It's the refusal to glorify God. The refusal to esteem and magnify God as being God. And so they have to turn away and say, I don't, I don't believe in God at all. When we reject God for who he is, we, re we reject him as creator. That's right. When we reject God for who he is, we reject him as a deliverer. We reject him as a savior. We reject his omnipotence. We reject his omniscience. And so we reject everything about this, the, this incredible, infinite God we have. We reject it. And then God says, when you get to that point where you reject his power and his incredible greatness, when we reject the fact that God created that grass out there and created those trees out there, that God created the, the firmament, the skies above us and the stars that are about to, that God did this, when we reject that, if you don't believe, if you convince yourself that God didn't do it, well, watch. Just naturally, you're not going to thank him for it. If you don't believe he did anything, you're not going to thank him for anything. This is, it doesn't ever mean the same thing God does to me, does it? It, uh, it, it, I, I think, you get, hold on. Why I go through these nights that, that, that I just absolutely struggle so much. Sometimes it's just come out, and then other times it's just it's struggling. And I think it's Wednesday, so we're not going to have Wednesday night church anymore. <laughs> uh, no, here we go. Amen. Loosen my tie. Going down in my t-shirt. All right. 
Calm down, y'all. <laughs> Carl just got nervous back there. Come on, man. <laughs> All right. When we reject God or refuse to glorify him as God, then it is only a natural process of things that we would not be thankful for who he is. We don't believe who he is. We're not going to be thankful for who he is. We don't believe what, uh, in what he's done. We're not going to be thankful for what he's done. If we don't believe he's doing, we're not going to be thankful. The little nurse last night, just such a sweet thing. She's just so encouraging and obviously a Christian. And, and she kind of, you know, closed the curtain and told us it's, that it's hard for her, this part of her job, when people don't know They see Mrs. Hansen the whole time was spending her night when her husband was going to heaven and after he did, thanking God, testifying and praising God. So if we do not, do not choose to believe he is who he is, then surely we're never going to be thankful for who he is. You can never be thankful to to someone if you do not believe they are doing anything to be thankful for. So it's, it's kind of against God's divine order. God just lays things out in such pattern here. And so uh, that's what he's putting down. He says, and neither were thankful. And then it says this, it says in verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was dark, darkened. The next step in this downward spiral is since there's no God to thank, then we foolishly or vainly allow our minds to take over to, in, in a sense, to thank ourselves. Everything becomes how we imagine it to be. All of life must fit our reasoning, what we think things should be. And let me just warn you right here, be very careful when you get to portions of the Bible that, in a sense, don't make sense to you. Don't try to force them to fit your mind. Don't try to manipulate them to fit your mind. There are some things that we just have to, here's what I do, and it may just be up to you. When I get to a place where I just absolutely, I think, Lord, I'm not grasping this. This doesn't make sense to me. In, in my mind, it can't happen this way. When I get to that, that point, here's what i got to understand. When I don't understand part of the scripture, that's what I have to understand. I just don't understand. It's not that God is wrong. It's not that people talk about contradictions in their Bible. There's no contradictions in the Bible. And when you think there is, let me tell you the solution to that. You just don't know what it really means. That's all it is. But my, the mind of man, though, when he starts to reject God, he pushes God away and says, I don't want to think about God. I don't want to believe in God. I don't want to thank God for what he's done because I don't believe he did it. Well, how did he get here? Well, the praise starts coming back to me. Somehow I'm going to get involved in this thing, and somehow then suddenly my mind must figure it all out. Since God didn't do it, I can figure out in my great intelligence how it happened. I can figure out how it came to be. I can figure out how it continues to exist. And so everything comes to my mind. So this downward spiral is, it becomes, then we foolishly or vainly allow our minds to take over. 
Everything becomes how we imagine it to be. All of life must fit our reasoning and what we think things should be. We've got to accept the fact that God's mind is above my mind. You see, mankind, what it's doing right now, they reject the infinite mind of God and trust the extremely finite mind of man. This leads us to a further decline in foolish thinking, which darkens our hearts and our minds. So first we choose not to see. Here's what I, I believe the scriptures teach us. First we choose not to see. But we will end up, when we head that direction, we will end up with the inability to see. We're going to be so darkened, now we can't see. Have you ever talked to somebody that just, this, I mean, they've gone to the point where there's so much into their mind that they are unreasonable. I mean, they, it's come to the point that even common sense things no longer come out of their, their they, they can't grasp even common sense because they've got to, they've got to recreate everything in their mind. At first we choose not to see, but we will end in the inability to see. Verse 22, he says, professing themselves to be wise, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Now we have rejected the omniscient God, and we now trust, our, the, we trust is placed in our own minds, and this is the birth of humanism. Yeah. Amen. It's their minds, their reason, their way, which is supreme. It is their minds, their reason, their way. Here's where the intellectual teaching at, and you can fill in the blank university, the blank college. And what do you have there? They teach this, and this is what I was taught all the way back in the 70s, and this is what continues to be taught. Man, God did not create man in his own image. Man created God in his own image. Weak-minded man needed a God. And you see, they feel, and, and forgive me, and you don't know how um, discriminatory and bias and, 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 and wicked uh, evolution is because the intellectual believes they are on a higher evolutionary plane than you are. And what we are sitting in here tonight are a bunch of weak-minded people. We have not evolved like they have. Our minds didn't get the genes that they got. Somehow, in the survival of the fittest, we barely made it through. And therefore, we in our weakness need a God. So you know what we did? We went and created one. We created a God, and but we're different from most of the world in their gods, which we're going to get to. We created a God in our image. We came, you know what we did? We created Superman. That's what we did. That's what they believe. God did not make man in his own image. Uneducated man created a God in his own image. Humanism arises, but God says this person, God says this person has become a fool. 
What is really amazing is when you go to a place like Africa and you see this extreme darkness. And here, here's what I always do, and which amazes, amazes me. But really, the foundationally, in the first century, Africa had, had Christianity spreading through, spreading through Africa everywhere. Especially northern Africa. But I mean, it's spreading through. Christianity's come through. Now, how can we go from this hotbed of Christianity? How do you go from that? to this incredible darkness where even where there's been people getting to them and even where they've come out and dug wells for them and, and they've come out and brought evangelism, so to speak, to them. But, but out in these villages, they're still sacrificed. Some of the villages we go to, they, they got altars there. We'll walk past them uh, going down to uh, try to reach a village and there'll be a stone altar there. But, but they, will, they will sacrifice things. And they, they'll actually have animal sacrifice on those altars. How can they be in such darkness? How can it be that way? How can you go that way? Because God says their, their minds are darkened because they will not glorify God for who he is. They won't thank God for who he is and where it begins. They won't believe God is who he is. They won't worship God for who he is. And so they're in a downward spiral of darkness and darkness and darkness. What is really amazing is, is to go to these places and you see that the pattern does not end. Listen to this now. Here's what the humanists in uh, America and Europe, those you know, the intellectuals of today, what they'll tell you and what they're trying to do, they're trying to create this super intelligent nation of intellectuals who just happen to be God rejectors because, of course, if you're going to be an intellectual, you must reject God. Because, of course, any good, intelligent person would believe you came from some little amoeba, that you came from a monkey. justice major in anthropology class. But I'm in anthropology and the woman comes in and uh, in all, all honesty, she looked like she had been to a bunch of digs where you know they dig up things. Um, I'm not sure, but she real, real close to looking like she'd been dug up. But uh, but she was up there and, uh, and, and she was, she came in one day and she said, I'm going to uh, draw on the chalkboard and demonstrate to, to you young people where we came from, so that you can understand, she said, this is the theory of creation that I believe in. Well, I'll be honest with you, at that point in time in my life, I think I probably got saved, but I'm not in church. I don't know anything. I, you know, I'm kind of like most of the kids that go in there. These are the smart people. I'm the dumb person. Go ahead and tell me what, you know, how dumb I am and tell me what's right. So she got up there and she, she drew the earth. She, she wrote up on the board the garbage theory. The garbage theory. Thinking, you've been to my apartment talking about garbage. <laughs> we had, we had a, a, me and Matt Lechcom came visit the church. We went fishing one day. Man, we caught about 100 bass and, and bluegill, and, and Matt flayed everything, had a big fish fry. We had leftovers. About three months later, 
I opened their refrigerator and the leftovers crawled out and tried to grab me. <laughs> I mean, they really, the, the container had busted open. It was like, the blob. <laughs> so, but anyway, we're in a cheese chewer up the garbage area, got a spaceship, got the earth over here, and I'm thinking, where is this going? So she explained that these, this spaceship family, these extraterrestrials, decided to take a vacation. And as this vacation, they came flying by. But any of you ever been on vacation with your children? Yeah, if you leave with nothing in the car, you can be out two hours. That car is trapped. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. And, they, and look, you give them food one time in there. One quick stop at Taco Bell. There's going to be a burrito and everything it can be pushed into. And so they went and they cleaned everything out. And they ejected their garbage. Now, with their garbage was probably, you ever been in a motor home? You got to go by and go, don't mess up. Y'all, anybody understand? So they ejected all that and it went, woo! But all that stuff was a little microorganism. And he was riding down and I said, go on. He went, this is a nice place. And that's how we started. Amen. So we did not come from a monkey. We came from a banana peel. And that's what they taught us. She sincerely believed it. That's why I say they, they lose their ability to reason, to think logically, sensibly. So this pattern leads to a darkened heart that in its digression eventually will lead to worshiping that which was created. Verse 23 says, It changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds, and four-footed four beasts, and creeping things. And that's verse 23. And so they come to the point in the darkness of their mind. This is what's so strange because they come to the point, this incredible intellectualism. So you got this intellectual, this lady, this art, uh, uh, anthropologist, she's there and she's going to teach us and she's so superior to us in her mind. So you think what they're doing, we're going to create this incredible intellectual society
to uh, worship a creation, they're just not willing to worship the creator. That's right. And in their darkness, they keep going down. You see, Africa was not always in this extreme darkness. I believe, given enough time and the direction of America, we would be just like Africa. Right. In the darkness and the idol worship and the animal sacrifice, we would be in there just like they are to the, some of those villages we go to. We'll be there. Now, I don't think God allowed, allowed to tear that law. I don't think God will allow America to exist that long. But that's, that's what would happen because you don't just rise and rise in this intellectual society. God says the pattern is you'll come up and come up, but, but then you, your mind gets so darkened that you think you're thinking intellectually, but your mind is no longer even making sense. And then you start reaching out for all kinds of creations. And then you start reaching out for all kinds of religions. I was talking to somebody the other day. It's so, so hard for me to comprehend as when you study Mormonism how anybody can, can go into that. Okay, because if you have to really look at it and understand it, but it's just really some weird stuff in there. But how do they do that? It's because their minds have been darkened, and the darker we become, we're transitioning, I believe, the next wave that's coming into America is atheism. And I believe that we're going to atheism. That's a total, just a rejection of God. Well, God says your mind's going to darken. That mind, your mind, your ability to reason, your ability to think logically is going to be diminished. Your, your ability to ever just see the things of God. And so you're going to diminish. And the more you diminish, the more you think you're intellectual, you start delving into the darkness. When it's 100 years or 300 years, it took Africa a long time. And I just use Africa because there's all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, uh, islands and different places. It's just a place that I happen to be, have gone to. But it's in a place, they call it the dark continent because there's so much where they go back and, and literally living like they've lived hundreds of years ago. But they were the most advanced society in Africa. was the most advanced society in the world. How did they digress to this? Because of the back of God. Their foolish heart was darkened. America is headed for this darkness. The path is a rejection of the one true God. The worship of self instead of God. The worship of a creation of God. This is ultimately the religion of evolution. Man, the survivor, man, the intelligent, has become his own God. Through the survival of the fittest, mentally and physically, man now rules the world. He is his own God. And the most intellectuals of this world, that's what they believe. They believe genetically they are superior to every other forms, and they somehow are above everybody else. And there's a whole lot more things I could say about that, what they really believe. But the fact is, is that they, they, they just truly do. They are the survival of the fittest. That means the strongest, the smartest, the best. That's who they are. He physically, he mentally and physically now rules the world. He is his own God. He has no need for God. 
Molecular, molecular uh, biologists today believe that they, that it is only, I read this quote from a molecular biologist who said, it's only a matter of time, he said, maybe within the next 10 years that we can create life. And his next statement was this, therefore we don't need a God. The creation now professes to be the creator. And darkness is coming to America. And it's not America, it's just coming to, to Europe. Europe is already pretty much, European nations are pretty much into atheism already. But this is the pattern that they follow. This pattern that starts in what? This pattern that starts trying to teach us where it's going to go and how it's going to end. And so we see it, and I'll read it one more time. It says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood 
by the things that are made, the, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Everyone knows, everyone's heard, no one has an excuse. Because that when they knew God, so they, are, they do know God, they, they, are, they don't glorify him as God. They don't believe he's God. They don't give him the glory and praise for who he is. And, and because of this, they're not thankful for what he's done because they don't believe he did it. But became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened because they look away from God and they look to their own mind, look to their own heart, look to their own designs, and they think, man, I am the one that's doing all of this. And, and when they feel that way, their heart is getting darker and darker and they profess themselves in their pride to be wise. And God says, you're nothing more than fools. And they changed the glory of uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And notice this is not a mistake. Verse 24. Wherefore. And that's we're going to see that next week. Wherefore. God says. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, thank you.